What's up with the GLA double dollar sign each side? That's right, Glasses Malone. And you checking out the Born Leaders podcast. Born Leaders, nigga. Not, <laughs> not boss, leaders, nigga. Welcome everybody to the Born Leaders Podcast, your boy Levante F. Smith. This your girl Jamie B. We got a special guest today. Glasses low, you already know, man. What's happening? Who is, oh, I'm bad with pronouncing names, so correct me. Who is Charles Pennyman? That's pretty good. <laughs> A.K.A. Glasses, A.K.A. Glasses Malone, A.K.A. G. Malone. Uh, who is he? That's one of them like old school questions. Yeah. <laughs> they used to ask on Soul Train. Because um, you're so private, I want to know a little bit about you. I don't think I'm that private though. Um, if I had to summarize myself, that's a great question. I guess it's simple though, but I just pride myself on being authentically me. Who I am is a, more than anything like a truth seeker. Okay. Um, I don't want to reside in ignorance for peace. You know, I don't want to live in a space of anything that's false for the sake of. So that's probably the closest. I'm going to pretty much be as honest and transparent with my opinion about things as I can all the time. It's just how I'm made. Like you stand on your name. Like it, it you ain't no, no bullshit person. You stand, yeah. you live your truth, and you stand on what you believe. Yeah, and, and um, more than anything, and, and every day I just find myself more and more in that space, really giving a fuck less about what people think. You know, in the times that I do, okay. making sure that I don't care about what I think, even if I am in my feelings about it. <laughs> How was it growing up in West California in the 80s? <sighs> so in the 80s, I really don't remember. It was like, I was real, I was real young. All I remember is going to Mona Park swimming pool more than anything, but the 90s is probably closer. Okay. Um, it was still cheap. You know, I remember being a teenager, like going into high school, and when I would go to the neighborhood, my, my pop's house, you could buy a house on the 7 at that time, 117, for like forty, fifty thousand dollars 50000 Damn. You know what I mean? So that was all the way through the mid-90s, maybe even to the late 90s. So it was cheap. Um, I never saw it as bad as everybody else. Um, it was fun, honestly. I mean, it, it come with its conflict, but it was fun. Did you go with a mom and dad in the house? So my mom lived in Compton, so half of my time was spent in Compton, the other half was spent in Watts. Okay. So my dad was married again, so I grew up with him and his wife. Okay. And then at my house with my mom, my mom was with a guy at that time. I think they were married. Okay. Um, so yeah, I pretty much had two sets of parents for the most part. Okay. Where did the name come from, your name? Glasses was a name that everybody used to make fun of me because I really just have horrible vision. Oh. So they would tease me. Like that was something my older homies used to tease me with, specifically Pluck. And he's like, man, where's your glasses? And I would always lose them. He's like, man, well, I'm gonna call you, I would always lose them. He's like, I'm gonna call you Glasses. Oh. And that's how I got the name. It wasn't like a cool name I saw anywhere. <laughs> he gave me the name, the whole name, even when I started rapping. So 
So, I went through so much to build up the name. I didn't want to change this shit. That's what I was about to say. You said it wasn't a cool name, but you ran with it. You took it and you just said fuck it and ran with it. I mean, I think that's what life is about. I really genuinely think life is about taking your circumstances and then making the most out of it, making it better. So, Glasses was like this super geeky name for probably a little geeky kid, but you fight enough niggas, you stand up to enough niggas, you, you know, you, you, you show and prove, you win some street races, you, you have a low rider, you shoot at a couple niggas, you don't die, you go to jail, you don't get pumped, then that name start being something else. And okay. that's how it worked out. So I went through all that to build the name Glasses, so I'm not doing it again. True. Yeah. So. Where do you see yourself in seven years? See, you like how I incorporated seven? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's so good. <laughs> seven years making films. Making films. Okay. Um, writing and, and producing films. You you produced the film in 2011. Yeah. Um, is it called The Division? Yeah. How was that, producing that? Well, I didn't like the ending product, um, but it was amazing. Okay. I, I could always tell, like, as a child, like, when I was in fifth or sixth grade, I used to write stories for people and sell them to them. And um, I always knew I was going to be a storyteller. So that was something that I really knew I was going to be into. So even jumping off the porch entirely too early, to this day, my boy Stretch invested with me to, to make the film, and I didn't even like it when it was finished, and I still ain't paying him back. <laughs> you know, I'd probably kill somebody over him for just believing in me and my dream, because I sure was going after it, so now I'm going to fix it, and, um, you know, I'm going to get it right. Okay. But shout out to Stretch for even my boy Stretch from Seaside for, for believing in what I was trying to do then. You don't see yourself in front of the camera? I don't know. I, I don't really kind of plot that part of it. Okay. Um, Maybe if I could write a character specifically for me, because mm -hmm. I, I really have a lot of respect for actors. Um, no different than, you know, a rapper or a hooper. Yeah. Okay. I'm saying like, I, I believe people who really believe in it and take it serious. Mm -hmm. That's if I, if I'm deciding to take acting serious and I'm starting to figure out what makes it work, getting into acting classes and being serious, mm -hmm. then maybe I'll try my hand. But I would never just insult the art of acting just because I have talent. Mm -hmm. I'm saying that's just not enough for me. Well, like she said, she thinks you're a private person. Would you ever make a documentary about yourself? Uh, I wouldn't think nobody would want to watch it. My life went crazy. Um, I thought people would want to watch it. I would. <laughs> I just think it's tough to identify with somebody in my position. Um, it, so, when you're a gang member and you don't drink and smoke, so many, so many of people's perception versus the reality clash for me. So it's hard to tell a story that's so um, conflicting, you know what I'm saying? Or the ideologies is conflicting. Um, to be a, into street racing as much as having a lowrider, to be a smart person who got good grades and still be a gang member, to be a drug dealer that's never tried any alcohol or drugs. To, you know, that's been my whole life. To be a rapper who started rapping in his 20s, all this shit is just crazy. But, I mean, as I get closer to the end of the journey, maybe I'll figure out how to put it together. But the story would just be like a bunch of conflict and ide ideologies. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if that would be really a good story for people to keep up with. Okay. It's tough. Um, you said the perception of, of you. 
because you're a gangster rapper, people that don't know who Glasses is, they would think like, oh, he's just a gangbanger from Watts, uh, not educated. People that, that knows you like me, you're sure. well educated. Sure. You don't smoke, you don't drink, you real low-key, you real private. So when people find out that those things about you, what what are they what what do they say? Like, damn. Um, I don't really think I'm that private. I you know what it is? I don't think I promote who I am. Okay. Like, okay. I don't walk around and be like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm always outside where it's at. I'd have been on Crenshaw a million times, street races a million times. I'd have been to Hollywood and I hate parties. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I hate clubs. So, like, I'm out there, but I think I'm not so busy advertising who I am. That's, that's so, it. I think it comes across a bit private versus... Yeah, I'm just here. This feel me. This is what it is. Like, there's a few rappers I feel like identify like me. You know, you have rappers who kind of take on personas, and then that's who they become. And then you have the very few, the, the Snoop Dogs, the Ice Ts that are just as advertised. And that's the thing for me. Like, I'm as advertised. I didn't pretty much rap about everything I did in my life, over and over again. Whether it's my mom in prison, I talk about that and her dying. I have songs dealing with gang banging and not wanting to do it and how I figured out I would be good at it. I, I don't think I've been, I think I've been pretty forthcoming with, you know, a magnifying glass on who I am, but I just think that it's a part missing mainly based off of just coming up being a drug dealer. So it's, it's something about not advertising success that I don't do. Um, not being, I don't wear my, my spoils. I don't really, you know, I don't really give a fuck with other people think I have. I'm too busy having it. Mm. So, oh shit, that's good. Yeah, it's I, like um, I think so. It comes across a bit private, but you know, everybody, whether you in Hollywood or, or you're a rapper, yeah, you gonna see me somewhere for sure. And if you in the streets, you didn't, if you really in the streets, you didn't see me. Like I'm gonna be around. Who inspired you to rap? I know you are gonna say Snoop. But who else? That's not true, Snoop. <laughs> Snoop didn't inspire me. Oh, okay. Let's get into it. What's funny is somewhere <laughs> along this line that, like, like I'm on Snoop's, like, that's not true. I, okay. So this goes, I know where this goes back. This yep. goes back to the mm -hmm. Breakfast Club. It's not a personal connection to dog. It, it's honestly, the more I understand about hip-hop, it becomes obvious who the guy is. I, it's not... Snoop, I came up in my career, Snoop and them gave us shit the whole beginning of our career. All my all my counterparts, he gave us shit. And it's not like this super great personal connection where Dog just, you know, he's he's been better over the time of interacting with us, but the truth is the truth. Yeah. Snoop is the greatest rapper because he is. It's not a personal thing, so I, I wouldn't say Snoop inspired me to rap. I think my style has more Scarface in it than anybody. You know what I mean? Girl, you hear my guy? So, I said Scarface, one of my favorite rappers. Yeah, but it's like, I, I feel like my style would encompass more Scarface than anybody. And I and I pretty much love the ground Scarface walk on, and we still don't have a record. So I think that's what it is. So for Dog specifically, it's just time for somebody to tell the truth. Mm. And he ain't going to say it because he's such a modest person. Like, yeah. he does a little bit, but Dog, like I said, I, I'm a lot like him in ways, right? Mm -hmm. Because... Snoop is Snoop on and off camera. 
Like that's not a character. Mm -hmm. like, if I'm talking to him personally, he's gonna say cuz. If he on the news, he's gonna say cuz. Yeah. He told you his kid, he gonna cuz them. Yeah. Like it's a consistent being for who he is. There's no character. Same with Ice T. There's no character. Whether he telling, whether he's schooling the Donahue crowd or explaining gang banging or in the streets talking to me or talking to somebody from the corner, mm -hmm. you feel me? You're gonna get as advertised. So for me, you know what I mean? I, I'm in that lane of you know, brand, like, I, this is just as advertised, it's not going to be one direction of things, like Snoop, some people can get mad that he apologized to uh old girl, yeah. but he don't give a fuck, because that's as advertised, his mom raised him correctly, and he will never deny that, mm -hmm. so don't matter that he's from 20 Crip, don't matter what that shit, don't matter how much weed he smoked, he could have slapped a thousand bitches in videos, but he's still going to be the motherfucking man that his mama raised him to be, and same for T and the same, that's where I relate to both of them guys at, you know what I mean, so but if anybody, I feel like my style has more Scarface but I don't think no rapper influenced me to rap, I never heard rappers rap and was like yo, let me rap it became like something to help my little brother stay out of trouble that didn't work and then I developed a passion for it Okay. but no rapper made me you know, it was like, let me put P into the pad, it's just not like that Was you ever signed to Black Wall Street? So that's a tricky situation. I would like to think I was, but no, I was a part of the crew. Okay. You know what I mean, like I should have been, but I wasn't. And I don't think it was really contracts at that time. Honestly, like Chuck and Face didn't really have contracts at that mm -hmm. time. That was something that came later. So for the most part, yeah, I'm Black Wall Street for sure, but it wasn't a fully functioning business when I was over there. Okay. Did Blue Division come before Blackwasher, or you made it while you was in Blackwasher? Yeah, it was a way. You was the only crip, right? 100%. Okay. It was like, <laughs> I would go places, and if you didn't know me, because I was going to rap things, mm -hmm. not in the streets. In the streets, everybody knew what it was, but at rap events, Black Wall Street was considered all power rules. So when I would go, feel me, and I start rapping, I noticed people would think I'm a power rule, mm -hmm. and I would have to pretty much bang on them, so I started implementing <laughs> Blue Division in my rap, Black Wall Street Blue Division, because you need to know this is crip, like it's a way you gotta talk to me, don't, you know, don't super beat me to death, don't, you know, yeah. don't overdo me like that, like it just ain't that type of party. So how was it being in the studio with a gang of bloods, it's like, like being you to death? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, it's pretty much been like that all the time. <laughs> when I first started, you know, four cent rest in peace from Westside, yeah, you feel yeah. me? He was blood me and raps in the backyard, and I'm cousin him and rap in his backyard. <laughs> then when I got with Chuck and them, feel me, gang, same thing, room full of blood, but I'm getting off my crib raps, you know what I mean? <laughs> Shit, we getting off our raps. Then, you know, I'm with Mac 10 same thing. Then I'm with Lil Wayne and Baby oh, yeah. them, and they blood, so oh, that's yeah. the same thing. So, you know... <sighs> It's not nothing spectacular. It's some kind of confusion that, you know, Bloods and Crips are these opera counterparts that can't coexist. I mean, possibly in the 70s, maybe even in the 80s, but shit, this is 2022, and ain't nothing, mm. like, it ain't like that. It, everybody know Crips and Bloods. You, everybody family is Crips and Bloods, so, feel me, if you really out there, you got partners that's from wherever they from. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't think that was, I never looked at that like that was a, uh, a real thing like that never bothered me. Have you ever met Mossberg? I never met John. No, oh, okay. never met him, but I wish I did. Yeah, yeah. 
we interviewed Eastside K-Boy. He spoke highly of you. Yeah. Um, and he said, and I quote, Corrupt is one of the most slept on slash underrated rappers. What's your thoughts on that? I said, I tweeted that too. Um, the irony, we were just talking about it offline, right? Where mm -hmm. the MC aspect is so underrated on the West because we're so culturally... You know, we want cultural ins like introspect first, mm -hmm. than just emceeing. We want you to tell us what you're talking about first, and that becomes so important. But there is this underlying theme amongst my generation and younger for corrupt. Like this is mm -hmm. like you know, streets is a mother is a different kind of record for us mm -hmm. already here, and you know. Classic songs like We Can Freak It or, you know, Girls All Paws, you know what I mean? Seawalk, like, he got some shit. Yeah. Man. You know, he could probably be the best MC you know, as far as that style of, you know, the way New York sees hip-hop. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Corrupt would be that for us. Like, mm -hmm. it'd probably be between him, Gang, and maybe, like, an exhibit in that style. So, Corrupt is definitely, you know, one of the most underrated and you know truly under I, I don't know I, I think every corrupt has been successful you know he has yeah, platinum and gold so. records and uh -huh. shit so albums and all that but I think we all kind of know corrupt is a lot more special you know than even his accomplishment show right yeah. so it's funny because my project I'm so like excited about it because it's like pretty much a lot of it is about corrupt you know what I mean it's, it's so many different things that make it special for corrupt just to how amazing of a person he is and this is somebody who cussed me out before let's get let's go straight to it okay um you dropped tupac must die july 2019 mm -hmm. Un unfortunately i'm from the city i didn't even know the whole story about it i liked that is yeah. crazy that that, is. yeah i called him like did you hear glasses shit like Oh my God, Tupac. Da, da, da. So I like that you told the story. I loved it. The video was amazing because I felt like I was that person. Sure. That so, was a go. Yes. So I like that. But then I was mad at you. Sure. <laughs> I was mad at you because I was just like, why is he telling this about Tupac? Like, let, let Tupac. But what is it about Tupac that you didn't like? I just feel like he, he was, he passed away like 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. And it's like, why? Talk about it. That's just like somebody bringing up Biggie must die. Well, didn't you see the movie where Biggie got killed? Yeah, I seen it. It was a horrible movie, but I seen it. Yeah. I mean, you see, do you watch all the Netflix specials about Pac? And the... I, I'm tired of, I'm tired. I like your version. But I'm saying, what is it that people, I, I'm still trying to understand what is it that people feel that's so bad about it, like being bad on Tupac. But you talking to a person that didn't know. Everybody, I thought knew yeah, the everybody story. knew the story. Yeah, you're I did. Person, if you're from the, if yeah, you're, you're from talking the to a person that didn't know the story. I did. That's if you're from our way. inner workings of, if you in the streets, you, you knew, knew that years story. ago. Yeah. So, I don't. I, I quite. I still haven't quite. I mean, this is Dr. Dre cussing me out. This is corrupt cussing me. Out. I still didn't understand. How did this look bad on Tupac? I'm gonna say this. The song was good. Does everybody? Everybody know what happened? I didn't. It's nothing problem with the song. So, it's just the way you Tupac must die. That's what I think, I think it is. And I, I understand yeah, but, why you it's said rooted, that. But the song is rooted from Baby Lane's perspective. Yeah. You know what I mean? Allegedly. LA gang shit too. 
but it's rooted from his perspective. That's why you watch the video from his yeah. eyes. So that was his mentality. That's why the song is named that. Tupac it's like, this nigga did this to me, he gotta die. So I still don't know why the fuck is everybody mad at me. It's not my opinion. Because of the way you worded it. If you just would have put the song on and said Tupac died. Baby Lane perspective. It would have been like, all right, but since you said Tupac must die, this generation is like, oh, okay, I see what you're trying to do. Yeah, but I don't really get it. It's like, it's actually like perfect for the title. Like, I, it is. It's going to catch your eyes. Well, I mean, just even if it's not like, I'm not gaslighting. It's mm -hmm. actually a fitting title for the song. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. okay. I thought about naming it Orlando Anderson, but that's just this general perspective of this. This man had a whole life. Mm -hmm. This ain't the, this ain't the pinnacle of his life. This man had a child. Yeah. Oh, she cussed me out. Feel me about the song? He got family, uncles. He got oh, so a whole you got neighborhood the, that level. You got the whole. Like, you got both both sides of somebody cussing you out. One hundred percent. Oh wow! But see, I kind of figured you was going. I mean, you knew that was going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But only because when you make real hip hop, it's very um polarizing mm. you know what I mean if you if you really get into true cultural revelation and just trying to expose culture to an audience a mainstream audience that that hasn't decided they're prepared for it you're going to get backlash no different than you know NWA in 1987-88 when they did fuck the police they got mm -hmm. cultural they got backlash um, anytime you just start telling the truth you know what I'm saying? People going to feel how they feel. I just really didn't understand how people felt it was a bad look on Tupac. Like, it's like, oh, he's talking about talking shit about Tupac. Well, what did I say bad about him? You said nothing bad. You told the whole story. You yeah. told a great story. I thought I did a good job with, you know, preserving his legacy, speaking about him with respect, even from the person's perspective who he actually, you know, felt wrong. Like, you know, even in the song, I didn't be like, bitch ass, like, the real words that would be used in that dilemma would be a lot worse. And I held back on those words because I wanted to make sure I put some respect on that man's legacy on both guys. But again, you know, I figure like maybe another year it'll start making much more sense to everybody. You went flipping to do like Tupac's point of view? The whole world knows Tupac's point of view. That's every last story that has been told our whole life. But everybody know Baby Lane's part of it. You no, everybody know what happened. See, know. see, and I didn't know. So mainstream America didn't know <laughs> Baby Lane's perspective allegedly. Okay. Feel me? So the world's been the world see Tupac's death by some nigga that's just some hater that ain't shit. Nah, this man was a respected man in his community. People loved him. Mm -hmm. People talk about how young Tupac was. He was 25. Well, Baby Lane was 21. That you know what I mean? It's, it's not a lot of things known. So to me, the song was to try to share, my goal with the song was to try to share some light on our crisis as a lifestyle here. Mm -hmm. I mean, our dilemma, how we, you know, poverty forces us to put reputation above everything and protect it with your life because it's really what, you, you know, he lost his life at the end of the day, Orlando Anderson, in an attempt to protect his reputation. Yeah. You know, make sure people feel like other people ain't going to try to get over on him. So that's a part of what makes, you know, morality. I mean, morality is certain things are worth things, you know, mm -hmm. that what's right and wrong and what's the punishment. When gangbanging, it's a different set of rules. And morality plays a huge part in culture. And culture is all that hip-hop is. Who put the video together? That was all you? or you Me and my partner, Joker. Okay. Yeah. Before dropping that album, I mean, that single, did you think that it would, it would stream 5.1 million? I thought it would do more. Really? I, I mean... 
Well, what I what I didn't realize was just like nobody played NWA Fuck the Police, that wasn't a mainstream song. They were pretty much censored and shut down mm -hmm. to a degree. They just dropped straight out of Compton and was able to ride the wave that was Fuck the Police. Mm -hmm. um, no different than Dr. Dre when they dropped 187 on Undercover Cop, which is another version of Fuck the Police, or mm -hmm. dropping Fuck with Dre Day, which is, you know, a disrespect record to, you know, easy to drop nothing but a G thing. Hip-hop, you know, real hip-hop demands authenticity. You know, it demands creative, creativeness, mm -hmm. creativity, innovation. You know what I mean? It demands that. You know, if you really want to have a, 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 a if you really want to have property, if you really want to have own property in a space, it demands that. So, Tupac Must Die was like my most important song, you know, as far as hip hop go. Okay. So, but yeah, I just still, yeah, I chipped off that because I did not understand. <laughs> like, I got why people was going to be mad because, you know, Mob James told me it was like, you know, it's like digging him up and, and you know, y'all killing him again. It was people who really act like I killed him. It was like some some slow people was like, yeah, you see this, you know, now the cops should have enough evidence to charge glasses. And it's like, what the hell? <laughs> who is these idiots? <laughs> who, but I heard all kind of stuff. Who cussed you out the most? So Corrupt was loaded, but it was it lasted an hour. Oh, oh shit. damn. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine him cussing me. <laughs> and and, and it was a weird space because he was trying not to disrespect me, but he was trying to let me know how frustrated and angry he was yeah. at the concept and at me. But I think he didn't understand it the first time. And I think he watched it again. He was like, because when I seen him again, when I seen him after that, he was like, yo, I said, you know, Del Mar made me watch, Daz made him watch it. Mm -hmm. And he was like, that was brilliant. I get what you was doing. Said it just hurt me because it's about somebody I fucked with. Same thing with Dre. Dre cussing me out for thirty fucking minutes in the studio, telling me <laughs> I should apologize. And all I'm thinking internally is like, oh man, this is the greatest day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Dre cussing me out. <laughs> Dr. Dre, you feel me? And he's telling me like, you, know, you need to apologize. And I'm like, man, Doc don't know this crib. <laughs> <laughs> don't know. Well, I I can see if I wronged his legacy. Yeah. I, no matter what nobody say, I know I didn't wrong his legacy. Niggas could kiss my ass. They didn't say shit when USA made the same documentary, when these motherfuckers make movies. Every, they done made this story a thousand times. You ain't said shit to them, but you're going to say something to the nigga that's actually a part of the culture. Feel me? And I know no matter what, I know Tupac, if he was alive, you know what I'm saying, and the record was something else, but mm -hmm. it was the same type of interest, he would have loved it. Yeah. Because he liked that type of hip-hop. He demanded it. His favorite rapper probably was Scarface. You know what I'm saying? Like, he probably loves Scarface mm -hmm. because our lineage and the way we do music is a lot of, you know, it's very much the same. Whether it's me, Pac, Scarface, we, we try to focus it in the, the blues of reality of growing up the way we grow up. How, how did you meet Eastside K-Boy? Oh, man. I don't remember how I met him. Oh, Man, this really awesome woman hooked me up with her. This girl named Polka. Mm -hmm. um, she said, man, my homeboy rap. And I went to her where she was at, and he was in Carson. And he was a part of a group called the Black Boy. Mm -hmm. And I thought that group was amazing. Mm -hmm. um, young K-Boy was just shallow as shit. Just to kill me. But <laughs> him and Ace together were like, amazing because ace brought this depth 
to K-Boy Shallowness, and it became, like, amazing together. That's how I met him, though. Okay. And we've been pretty much rocking ever since. Man, he talked highly of you. He said you don't want to board him in the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He spoke um, very highly of you. I, I, K-Boy is a talented guy. He's a natural-born, he's a natural star. Mm -hmm. um, I just always, I'm always on him about loving music more and putting more into music because he really has a chance to do something great if, you know, he gives himself to the game. That's mm -hmm. all I stay on him about. So I think it was times where he thought, he questioned, you know, what I wanted for him or did I want this for him? And I think he's came to the place now where he understands I want it for him more than he wants it for himself. And what it's going to take, we just, you know, our opinions differ on that. In 2011, you turned down um, labels like Def Jam and uh, Atlanta and Interscope, and you signed with uh, Mac-10, who banging? And mm -hmm. then you signed with Cash Money with Birdman as a joint kind of collab. Mm -hmm. What made you turn down the other labels and get go with Cash Money and um, who banging? Mac is from the streets. Mac is from the streets. Mm -hmm. I felt like he would understand my plight. Same for Baby. They loved me to death, and they was from the streets like I was. Mm -hmm. um, they were clo they were the closest thing to um, to me, mm -hmm. you know, as far as the industry goes. So. It just seemed like that was the smartest thing. And it was. It was the smartest thing. I just had to get smarter. I wasn't smart enough. Okay. Yeah, that was more or less all. It, the successes we didn't have is my fault. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't put enough. Same thing I'm on K-Boy about. Mm -hmm. You got to put it into the music. You got to learn about it. You got to respect it. It's going to be a certain space that you have to own yourself. You know what I'm saying? And you can't get other people to... You know, maybe somebody's not there for you to figure that part out, but they got everything else. So you might, you know, you got to do your part. And making records is still my part. And without knowing how to make records, you know, it, it was doomed to some degree from the start. But, you know, they still figured out a way to, to to gain success and give me my first plaque. So, you know, I love them niggas with all my heart. They they gave it they all. I just fucked up. Okay. How long did that last? It lasted for years. Um six, seven. The contract was long, but I just kind of got out of it. Um, I just felt like it was, like Birdman made sure I was straight. You know what I mean, he made sure I, you know, I made good money every year. Mm -hmm. um, and I was always good, but it was too comfortable. Okay. Like, you know, they were so successful. You know, they, Lil Wayne is killing. Mm -hmm. Bird killing. The label Drake is killing. Nicki's starting to kill. Tiger's starting to kill. And there's so much success you know, it's enough to take care of everybody, but you know, I gotta win. Like I gotta, I gotta figure out why am I not being successful? Because I got homies, I owe it to to change their life. Mm. I didn't get into this shit just to change my life. That was easy. Mm. So I got into it to change my homies' life. And when my homies start coming home from prison, you know, in, that, in them 2010s, and I, I was making enough money to be comfortable, but I wasn't making enough money to make sure they had a career. That's not right. This, this business got billions of dollars, so I need to get more of the market share to make sure that when my homeboys come home from prison, you know what I'm saying, I could give them a career. When Smurf, you know, when they free Funny Face, you know, he been, you know he's, in jail, he's in jail for life, you know, for, for something he didn't even do. But when, you know, when Keon get out, you know, he might be in his 50s. Mm -hmm. I need to make sure that he got a career if he want to come on to it. Mm -hmm. Lil J, you know, Scavenger, when, when Lil J get out, you know what I'm saying? These are people who took care of me when I was growing up and made sure that I was going to be all right in this struggle and taught me shit. I want to make sure Lil' Jay, you know, Jerome got a job. 
if you want a career, you should be able to come where I'm at and make sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year, no problem. So that's more important to me than just making sure I'm okay. 